is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in West Michigan, but service the entire state and coast to coast. You can find out more at BeanCarter.com. They can help your business now. That's BeanCarter.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are presented by Bean Carter. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan. It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. The Huge Show here on a Thursday afternoon. Thank you very much. MLB opening day. Exciting. Hope springs eternal. Here on the Huge Show. You can call the Mercantile Bank listener line. The 1-866-838-HUGE. Or text HUGE to 2100. Bill Simonson is off today, by the way. <laughs> I'm Dan Hasty. That's Nate Wangler. Hello. <laughs> For a minute, you thought he was in here. I actually put That's sunglasses impressive. on because I didn't want to look at both of you. <laughs> I thought you were just getting into character for a moment. I, I, I saw the shades come on, and it was, it was the red light came on, locked in. Method acting. <laughs> Superfly Hayes is our producer. Nay Wangler is here as well. I, by the way, I ate my lunch before this show started, and I just now realized that I ate way too fast. I, <laughs> I was about ready to keel over during that Bill Simonson impersonation. <laughs> I see the sweat beads on your forehead right now. I, I feel like the guy in The Bachelor right now. I'm just like pouring sweat. <laughs> It's fine. I can't see any on you, though. No, no pit stains yet, so you're fine. It's just it's on your face. Well, you learn to layer up as you get older. That's the reason right. you don't see any of that. <laughs> Happy opening day, by the way, Nate. Awesome. Happy to have baseball back. I've needed needed this bad. I've needed summer nights bad. And I know we'll talk about the West Michigan Whitecaps here in a little bit, but should be an exciting summer. And obviously a lot to touch on. Um, expectations aren't high, per se, especially when it comes to the Tigers, but still, still a few things we need to address. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack. I mean, it's funny because they didn't exactly do a whole lot in the offseason. They made a couple of trades, and they made a lot more moves, I'd say, at the minor league level than at the major league level. But, I mean, look, this is a team now that has a different method of operation than they had the last time we saw this team take the field in a regular season game. Well, and what's disappointing about all of it is the fact that this rebuild will continue still for a few more years, and that's not what you want to hear if you're a Tigers fan. We've already waited, right? Post-2014, we've been waiting for this organization to get back to a point to where they could even compete. And the fact that we're still waiting, we still have to give Scott Harris that time to take, you know, to understand exactly what pieces he has and where he can go with all of it. Spring training numbers are one thing, but we still have to give him that amount of time to figure out exactly where he is. I mean, the the spring training numbers actually looked fairly good. Uh, I thought those were interesting. I mean, I, I think 
it's funny because spring training is whatever you want it to be, right? I mean, if, if you do well, then everybody can talk about how great you are. And if you don't, well, then we all just chalk it up at spring training. It doesn't matter. And I mean, so I thought they were good, and I don't think it matters. <laughs> I, yeah. I just don't. I, I think <clears throat> we're going to see a team. There's two versions of the Detroit Tigers that we've seen over the last two years. And this is opening day. So we'll take your opinions. We'll take this. And here's your huge question for hour number one here on the Huge Show. What is your boldest Tigers take in 2023? I'm not talking about win totals. We're not going to play the win total game. Tell me something that will happen this year. Tell me something that might be different. If you think they're going to be better than they were last year, there has to be something that happens that's an improvement upon last season because Nate, last season was the darkest timeline. Yeah. Yeah, anytime you get shut out 22 times in one season, um, that's not very good. And, and I know, I think it's a miracle, the fact that they won more than 60 games last year. That's a, that's a miracle in and of itself. It felt like every single night, every single day we watched this team, they were behind. Um, and even if they won games, it, it just, it, nothing about that team, minus the bullpen, was impressive. And that's, the, I think, the most depressing part about all of it. Yeah, let's It put was a, a great year for the bullpen. Well, so and on top of it, what does it matter, though? I it mean, doesn't. A good right. bullpen on a bad team is like putting a racing stripe on a minivan. Right. Lipstick on a pig, if you will. Yeah, exactly. So it, we had the impressive bullpen, but everything outside of that, you're right, doom and gloom from top to bottom. So you really can't go anywhere but up was listening to our buddy Chris Castellani, and he was on Twitter talking about this, and he was kind of giving his thoughts on what the season would be, and he made a good point. He said, if the Tigers' offense ranks even 25th in Major League Baseball this year, do you understand how big of an improvement that will be based on where they were last year? They were historically bad. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it would be like if I entered into the Olympic decathlon and you <laughs> saw all the contestants and then the name at the bottom and you're like, man, did, did he did, did he did he pass out? Did, did he lose consciousness? Because I don't know if he finished the race. Well, and with the, that's how far behind the Tigers were from every other offense in Major League Baseball last year. And they tried to not be with their offseason signings and especially the contract that they gave Javier Baez. The expectation was exactly the opposite for a lot of fans coming into that season. And then you open it up with a walk-off in the first game, and and everybody thinks we're on the way to a World Series, and then they drop off of a cliff. The expectation was one thing. The result was something completely different. And I felt like that was just last year was the cherry on top of the Alavila tenor in Detroit. I have some good news for you. Turns out that Pick the Stick is back this season. Oh, goody. (laughs) What, you're not excited? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, did I send some sarcasm well, there, Nate? <laughs> uh, Nate wanted to you, say you, something you, right you, there, you, and then he filtered himself out. Could you tell? You, st- you stunned me. He said, shush. That's what he said. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> All right, fine. How about this? Instead of playing that game, pick one stick for the whole season. One one for the whole season. I'll give you mine. 
I think Spencer Torkelson is going to figure it out. I think his big problem, and we talked about this with Bill on yesterday's show, was his fatal flaw was that he couldn't hit a fastball right down the middle. Like, we should all be so lucky. That's something you can figure out. Spencer Torkelson was hitting fastballs right down the middle that were just as fast as the fastballs he was hitting in college. I mean, guys throw 95, 96 in college, too. And he was hitting those balls 425 feet. He was doing it in West Michigan a couple of years ago. Then he got rushed to the major leagues. Say what you will, but it reeked of a regime trying to save their jobs. They moved him too quick. He hit 210 in AAA. Turned out he got overwhelmed. Now, granted, what you get with that is you get the opportunity to figure out what you need to fix. I think he fixes it this year. The, the only thing is, is that because he's a first baseman, he's got to be such a good offensive player because there's so many of those guys or dime a dozen, right? Like you can go pick up Jose Abreu in the off season for really not that big of an investment. So, you know, and we're spoiled in Detroit because probably the best hitter of the generation happen to be on the roster, happen to be the first baseman. But if you're going to be good, like you need production to rival the one that we had for so many years with Miguel Cabrera. I'll give you mine. After so many years of hearing just how dominant this stuff really is, just how dominant the fastball is, and we saw it in in small segments last year. And by the way, real quick, if you want to give yours as well, you can call us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-HUGE, 1-866-838-4843. But this particular player, it's it's rare that I get the opportunity to go actually sit down and watch a game. You know, you and I, we both broadcast baseball, so rare is the opportunity that we actually get to sit in the stands and physically watch someone as a fan. I got to see these two teams that are playing on opening day right here, the Rays and the Tigers, last year at Comerica Park. Matt Manning got the start in that game. Went eight innings, allowed just three hits. He also put up, I think it was eight strikeouts. I could be wrong on that particular number. Don't don't quote me. Nate has a tendency to exaggerate stories. <laughs> so he probably, he probably went like five innings, gave up two <laughs> runs, and struck out three. And a home run. But we, yeah, it's, it's just a solo shot. It's fine. No. He's a resident George Santos. I think he has amazing tools. And I think, you know, we talk about some of the, what are we looking for out of this team? What are the expectations? Something else Chris Castellani said um, during that season preview that I, I thought I really liked is playoffs. That isn't the expectation this year. They're not, again, in my mind, they're not going to be a good team. But what exactly are we looking for in terms of milestones for Scott Harris when we get to the trade deadline and when we get to the draft? I think Matt Manning will figure it out this year. I think he will become the premier arm in that young crop that has come up through this minor league system for Alavila. And again, a slew of young arms. Pitching is the one thing that I think the Tigers minor league system has actually done a pretty good job at developing. This will be the year of Matt Manning. It's still yet to be seen, but I think he will take over. I think he'll figure it out this year. You know, Nate had one job, and it was to pick the stick. <laughs> and his answer was Matt Manning. <laughs> 
The hey, the pitcher. It, it, oh, pick the stick. Oh. <laughs> Is now a good time to tell you, I guess I haven't watched too much uh, Pick the Stick? <laughs> I think you told us that already. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Sometimes you say it without saying it. You're supposed to pick a batter, Nate. All right. Well, let's talk Javier about Baez. <laughs> All right. So here's the, another issue. And by the way, when I started with that, that Bill Simonson lead off to this hour, hour number one, I think I accidentally slipped in like a New York accent at one point along the way. I might have to hear that back at some point. All right. (laughs) Let's go state of the farm system because they're number 30. According to some, I mean, Keith law had them at the bottom. Is that fair? Is that justified? Yes or no. From what we've seen and what we understand, I, I think I think they were a little harsh on, on the Tigers minor league system. Obviously, the production last year, we, we've talked about across the system, everybody was bad. Um, not to say everybody in the minor leagues. I think it's a little harsh simply because just to have one player in the top 100, Jackson Job's deserving of that spot. But, you know, another name we'll bring up a lot and, and we'll talk about throughout the course of, of this show is Wilmer Flores. And he was someone that we saw in West Michigan. Um, put up 130 strikeouts, sub 40 walks last year, and really just dominated at the double A level. So the, the fact that we just have one player in the top 100, I think, is very short sighted when you look at this minor league system as a whole. Now, outside of pitchers, there's a lot to be proven, but I don't think they deserve to be dead last. By the way, Javier Baez got a base hit in his first at bat of the season. Tigers are playing Tampa Bay today. It's unfortunate that Nate's pick the stick was a pitcher. <laughs> I threw Javi in at the end. Well, one for one, we'll take it. We'll, we'll take 1,000 while it lasts. We'll talk a little bit more Tigers-centric coming up in hour number three. But as it pertains to the minor league system, I mean, you and I have a very different vantage point. We're lucky enough to be inside the Tiger system, to know the inner workings of that, even with the newer pieces that have come in on player development side. And I know with West Michigan having games coming up in the next week, I know that some of the other affiliates around the state of Michigan, I know one of our affiliates out in Midland, WLUN 100.9 FM, they've got the Great Lakes Loons, the Lansing Lugnuts will be back as well. So we're, we're close. I mean, we're, we're about to pick up. I mean, this is a week from today. Baseball in the minor leagues will be back as well. So this is kind of the, the last hurrah for people like you and me because we get a chance to sit in here. We get a chance to do this. And I think about what West Michigan could look like. I, I, and, I, and I know that some of those pieces were in West Michigan last year. And you talked about the organizational ranking dropping their number 30, according to The Athletic, in terms of the best minor league systems in baseball. I will say this. When you lose Riley Green, you lose Spencer Torkelson, you're going to drop. Jackson Job finished the year at West Michigan. Was, look, he looked good, but he's hurt. So the best prospect for the Tigers is the number three overall pick in the draft. Draft comes in July. Whoever they take will be the number one prospect. That will bump them up. But what will bump them up more is seeing more of what we saw last year 
from players already in the system. Think about Parker Meadows. He dominated in spring. He did great spring training. So to get him to a place where he reestablishes his value, they just need more examples of that. They need more people in the system to do that. I think Colt Keith is criminally underrated. Colt Keith might be the best position player prospect that the Tigers have had since Riley Green. He was great in spring training, too. So to get players to resuscitate their value, you know, I don't think it was a coincidence that last year Parker Meadows took off. I think they finally started getting him developed properly. They brought in new pieces. They worked a little bit more. They paid more attention to details that mattered. And we saw other players like him take a step forward. So now it's just about finding a way to find those other breakouts. They had Kerry Carpenter come out of nowhere. I mean, he was a little bit too old to be considered a big-time prospect, but he had 40 homers in the minor leagues. If they had Parker Meadows doing that, he would have been a top 100 prospect in baseball. So for me, I get why it plummeted, but I can see a path where it gets better. Not only that, but I like the part where you mentioned they've graduated a lot of that talent that they have been developing over the last couple of years to Major League Baseball. And again, that is that is why you're seeing it drop. Spencer Torkelson is a Major League player. Now he has to figure it out. Riley Green is supposed to be the centerpiece in that outfield. And, and in my mind, in terms of certain products for that outfield, he's the only real exclamation point. I feel like every other player can get rotated in and out, and they obviously have to figure out where they're going to put certain guys but when you graduate those players after years and years of developing these top prospects and getting these top drafts, it's not a surprise to see it fall the way that it did. As far as it went, again, I don't agree with that. I don't think they're last in minor league baseball. I think Colt Keith is, as you say, criminally underrated. And in terms of raw power, not too many players we've seen come through West Michigan with the exception of Spencer Torkelson that can hit quite the way Colt Keith can and make contact like he can. So definitely underrated, but there is a reason why that is. For those of you who are fans of the Tigers minor league system, coming up in the next segment, we are going to preview each level of the Tigers minor leagues just to give you an idea of which prospects will be where coming into this season, give you an idea of what each of those teams are going to look like. But the Tigers are playing the Tampa Bay Rays today. Probably the best major league organization at having young players ready to come up and contribute in major league baseball. When guys come up to the big leagues in Tampa, they're, they're ready. They're good. There's not this big long adjustment period that needs to take place. A lot of that got ingrained in those players throughout their trips through the minor leagues. So if there's one organization to pattern yourself after in that way, it's Tampa Bay. There are a few others too. I think the Dodgers, even though they don't have a huge amount of young players, they've used a lot of those guys to go after major league stars. But they've continued to develop well enough to put themselves in the position. Tigers were kind of that way, not to the same level, but to a place where they were just trying to flip any minor league player that they had for major league talent for a while. And you don't get Miguel Cabrera on accident. I mean, they needed to trade two of the top prospects in the game back then in order to do it. So 
what they've done is they've brought in a handful of L.A. Dodgers brass. There's a lot of Dodgers people there. And on top of that, their assistant GM was the GM who, or rather the director of drafts over the last 10 years for the Tampa Bay Rays. So if nothing else, I feel like they're barking up the right trees. And there was an article by Cody Stavenhagen of The Athletic, and he actually talked about different thoughts and different comments that he got around baseball when it was announced that the Tigers got Scott Harris. And one of those came back to Cody, and he, he wrote it. It's available if you want to go check it out online at The Athletic. He said San Francisco offered Scott Harris literally the moon and the stars to not go to Detroit. He did it anyway. I love hearing that. What an endorsement, right? When you realize that the incumbent did whatever they could to keep somebody and they still came over to your side, they still came over to roll with you. That says a lot. Well, and for a franchise like the Tigers, you know, I, I think in a way it's they're kind of a sleeping giant. I mean, this is a fan base that loves their team and they've been waiting for a general manager to take over that it's going to take those strategic risks, but also put the right pieces in place like they have to develop players. We've talked about talent in the draft. You know, you're going to get guys that are similarly talented in each and every single level. The only thing that separates the good, the bad, and the ugly in Major League Baseball is how you develop them. And when we play against the Great Lakes Loons affiliates, or the Great Lakes Loons affiliate, the Dodgers affiliate, the Great Lakes Loons, every single year, and they just churn minor league players over, send them up the ladder. Um, it felt like, you know, last year there, there were a couple Dodgers that we saw that we've uh, every year. I feel like we see a former great Lake loon making an impact at a higher level. And the, the reason being is because LA has figured it out in a lot of ways. They kind of have the cheat codes. They have a great major league team. They also have one of the best farm systems. Uh, you could say the same thing about the reds. You could say the same thing also about the Houston Astros. So I feel like we have to give Scott Harris, yeah, the ranking might not be there. They might be noticed or or said to be one of the worst farm systems in baseball right now. We have to give them that time to be able to put the systems in place to get the most out of these players. Because I don't think there's a lack of talent in the Tigers minor league system. I think whatever strategy we've been using under Alavila in in the previous regime just simply didn't work. Eduardo Rodriguez is pitching for the Tigers today. Did you want to make him your pick the stick instead? <laughs> uh, he's got a man on him, one out. We'll wait on that one. Here's the deal. <laughs> Hour number one, we talk Tigers. We talk the minor leagues. Coming up next, we'll take a look at each level of the Tigers minor league system, figure out who will go where, what those teams will look like as we preview the minor league side for the Tigers. That is just one week away from beginning on April the 6th. You can also call us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-HUGE. It's 1-866-838-4843 or text HUGE to 21000 Back with more here on a Thursday afternoon, hour number one here on the HUGE Show. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. 
Tonight and tomorrow night, you can be part of the best hockey rivalry in the state of Michigan as round one of the OHL playoffs between the Saginaw Spirit and the Flint Firebirds happens inside the Dow Event Center in Saginaw. Get your tickets while they last at SaginawSpirit.com or at the Dow Event Center box office. Games three and four take place in Flint on Monday and Wednesday. Huge here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach and his team from Bean Carter. Now, they've made that move to partner with Dorn Mayhew, an Eastside firm, and now they're stronger than ever before. Big businesses, small businesses, taxes, any business need you have, you can turn to Tom Rosenbach and his team. Just go to beangarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Tom and his team also put up the $1,000 in cash in our Bracket Buster Challenge contest at thehugeshow.net. So if you entered the contest, uh, you can follow your picks all the way through the championship game uh, each and every day at thehugeshow.net. Just log in. You'll see it. It's simple and easy. And follow your picks if you took a shot at winning that $1,000 in the Bean Carter Bracket Buster Challenge. Follow your picks through the championship game at thehugeshow.net. That's thehugeshow.net. There are a lot of reasons why some people would never want to be a cop. It's not 9 to 5, no two days are ever the same, it isn't safe, and it is never easy. There are also a lot of reasons why some people would never want to be anything other than a cop. It's not 9 to 5, no two days are ever the same, it isn't safe, and it is never easy. So, which one are you? Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org and find out. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Spend the money wheel and win up to $100,000 cash every Saturday in April from 5 to 11 p.m. One winner each hour will spin for the win and take home up to hundred grand. Whirl in for $100,000 money wheel only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Get ready to swing for a good cause at Van Andel Institute, Purple Community's 11th Annual Be Brave Golf Outing on May 6th at Thornapple Point Golf Club in GR. It's a day of fun for all golf enthusiasts and proceeds benefit breast cancer research at Van Andel Institute. Register at VAI.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. huge show here on a Thursday afternoon. Thank you very much. MLB opening day. Exciting. Hope springs eternal. Here on the huge show. You can call the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-HUGE or text HUGE to 2100. <laughs> you know, listening back to that, nailed it. That was even better than I thought it went. <laughs> right on the right on the head. All I can picture is Bill just slamming his phone down on the ground <laughs> at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're going for. <laughs> can I tell you a story real quick? Go ahead. By the way, it's a huge show here on Thursday afternoon. Dan Hasty sitting in for Bill Simonson. Appreciate that opportunity, Bill. So thank you very much. Nate Wangler is with us as well. Superfly Hayes is our producer here on Thursday. But the first time 
I ever sat in with Bill. This is when I joined the Whitecaps, 2015, to become their broadcaster. Bill asked me to come in, was very gracious, asked me to come in and spend some spend an hour with him. And I had listened to Bill at other stops. I was an intern for the Great Lakes Loons. So shout out to our friends in Midland on 100.9 FM. And I helped run a few shows for him when he came to the ballpark back then. So I knew, I knew the style, I knew the cadence. And thus, when I got back in, I just decided in that hour that I was going to dust off my Bill Simonson impression to Bill in the studio. (laughs) So in the middle of talking about whatever it was like the tigers, I was just, he was just like asking me, he was just like, all right, Dan, go ahead and tell me what the Tigers are going to be in 2015. And I just, I was like, well, Bill, there's a lot of possibilities. <laughs> I think Justin Verlander is going to be a Cy Young Award winner. <laughs> and he looked at me. I swear, hand to God. I, he looked at me and he goes, don't talk like that. I don't talk like that. <laughs> Oh, every time I do a Bill Simonson, that's how I end it. No matter what the topic, no matter what I say, I always end it with, don't talk like that. I don't talk like that. Only you would find a way to stun someone that much, like huge, into silence on his own show. I'm beyond impressed. I don't think you've ever told me this story, and I'm glad that I heard it here for the first time today (laughs) because... But that's I didn't know I was saving that for a rainy day, but here we are. <laughs> All right. We've got work to do. We've got to jump in. I want to talk about the levels of the Tigers minor league system. Kind of set the table for those of us who will be paying attention to that this year. Of course, Nate and I were with the West Michigan Whitecaps. We're their broadcast team, so we'll be watching a ton of these Tigers prospects over the course of this season. So we'll start at the top with Toledo, then we'll go to Erie, then to West Michigan, then to Lakeland. Is there anybody in particular, Nate, that you're keeping a close eye on this year? At the AAA level, I guess there's a, there's a couple of names you could go to. I think Wenzel Perez really came into his own last year with the way that he was hitting the baseball. Someone that I thought, I, I told you this, you know, in between while we were in break, I think Reese Olsen's one of the most criminally underrated pitchers uh, in this Tiger system. Um, By the he, way, if you haven't seen Reese Olsen, he kind of looks like he just played in the Little League World Series last year. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. He's... Physically, not the most, not the biggest pitcher we've ever had. I think Wilmer Flores more or less fits that bill. Something about Reese Olsen, though, he was drafted originally by the Brewers back in 2018, was traded to the Tigers. Um, We got to see him in West Michigan. But his numbers last year, he did have a 414 ERA, so he gives up his fair share of, of hard contact. But something that I thought really blew me away about him, he had 168 strikeouts and just over 119 innings pitched. His stuff is mind-boggling, specifically his breaking ball. He's kind of a junk baller in that way, but he misses barrels 
a lot. And again, when we talk about the Tigers' ability to develop pitching and the fact that they've kind of made that their calling card over the last year, I feel like Reese Olsen is in line to be a part of that starting fixture, that rotation in Detroit at some point. But again, Wenzel Perez, another guy at that AAA level, he's just toolsy. He's good with the bat, and he's gotten a lot better. So interested to see where he goes. So, real quick, Superfly Hayes, our producer, left the studio while you were making that point to take a call. <laughs> Any chance that was Bill asking him to kick us out of the studio? Well, no, it was not Bill. <laughs> no, he would have called me directly. <laughs> <laughs> and for a change, you would have answered. I would have. <laughs> 30 minutes in. <laughs> All right, let's listen in and let's check in on the Mercantile Bank listener line. one 838 huge is the number. You can talk about the Tigers. You can talk about major, minor leagues. We're going to preview the different levels of the Tigers minor league system. But for now, let's go to Scott, who's in Wyoming. Scott, you're on the huge show. Yeah, the new rules. Um, I don't really care too much for them right now. Uh, for one thing, uh, the pitchers. They're going to be worn out faster. You're not going to see pitchers going the distance anymore and because they're going to be going to the bullpen longer. I don't see why the, um, why the Major League Baseball Committee net didn't allow the teams to carry more pitchers because they're going to be struggling trying to get pitchers going through the whole year. Another thing, there's, uh, taking away the defensive switching, now you're just going to let the batters um, like your Aaron Judge and whoever else you want to throw up there, they're going to have – clear shots now. Now you can't defend against them. And the other thing is, once you throw one pitch over to the first base, guess what? The next pitch, that guy's going to be gone. And he's going to take a big, huge lead right off. So now your stolen base records are going to go right out the window because it's been to the advantage. I do not like what they did. I think they need to uh, redo this or else the stolen base records and some of these records aren't going to mean a thing anymore. Isn't it funny how they made all these changes this year? Now, if you saw, they had these changes, many of them in the minor leagues, Scott, last year. By the way, you get three throws over to first base. So you get a third one. If you don't get them picked off on the third, then they get awarded second base. So I think like anything else, and Nate, you can feel free to chime in on this as well. I think you're going to see these pitchers and these hitters learn how to manipulate the pitch clock, whether it's a pitcher learning he needs to step off the rubber, whether it's a hitter realizing he needs to call a timeout. I think they're going to get the rest that they need when they need it. We noticed a lot of that last year at the minor leagues. Now, I will tell you this. The first month in minor league baseball last year, we had games that were being played in under two hours. Nobody knew how to slow down. It was way too fast. But then they started figuring it out, and then games started to get a little bit longer. Well, the other thing about pitchers going the distance, I think you're 100% right, by the way, on the throwing over, and some of these uh, stolen base records will get shattered. I mean, we already saw Ronald Acuna Jr. today take advantage of the fact that he had two throwovers, and I mean, you talk about a jump you can get on that third pitch. It's pretty substantial, so I agree on that side. In terms of pitchers getting worn out, I think the trend in baseball today, pitchers aren't going that long anymore in general. I think we see specifically a lot in the minor leagues, five, six, max seven, and you're out. A lot of these these organizations won't throw pitchers any longer than that. So in terms of wear and tear, I don't know. I don't really see there being a whole lot of a big difference when it comes to the pitch clock because in general, teams just aren't letting pitchers go that long in the first place. You know what the biggest change I think we're going to see, at especially the major league level and something that 
I realize because I mean, we don't get a chance to go to games as fans. That's just mm-hmm. something that, that, that we don't get that opportunity to do because we get the chance to be there in a working capacity, which is fun because it doesn't feel like that half the time. But when you do go as a fan, and I learned this last week, I had a chance to be in Los Angeles. So I went to a spring training game at Dodger Stadium. The LA Dodgers came and played because, see, this is how it works in warm weather cities. You can actually come back to your regular ballpark and just play a spring training game. That doesn't happen around here, but that's where it could happen, and that's where it happened with the Dodgers and Angels. I made a critical mistake at that game that night. Anybody want to guess what it might have been in relation to the pitch clock? As a fan, you made a As critical a fan, mistake. I made a mistake. Yes. <laughs> I don't even have I got up after the end of the first inning because I wanted a Dodger dog. Never had yep. one before. Yep. Those lines aren't short. I stood in line to get a Dodger dog. How much of the game do you think passed by before I returned to my seat? I bet it was the fifth inning by the it time you were back. It was the bottom of the fifth inning. I had missed almost four full innings of that game because I got up to go get something to eat. I remember I looked at my wife. I said, well, should we take off? (laughs) (laughs) Game's basically over. We can beat the traffic if we go now. (laughs) All right. So, by the way, you mentioned Reese Olsen as somebody that you really liked. I mentioned the kid. I said literally World Series last year. He also kind of looks like the kid from Bad Santa. Do you remember that kid? He was called Thurman Merman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go, go look him up. <laughs> We're still taking your calls on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-HUGE, 1-866-838-4843, or text us on the HUGE line at 21000. Much more to come. We'll go back and we'll dive back in to what those minor league levels look like for the Tigers, and we'll also look at some of the other happenings going on at the major league level. Coming up in hour number two, we'll get into the Lions, and then in hour number three, we'll jump back on the Tigers. We'll have a better idea of what opening day 2023 looked like for the Tigers as they take on the Tampa Bay Rays in St. Petersburg this afternoon. Much more on the huge show coming up next. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Bigger than any box score, local sports are a victory for the entire community. Building up leaders, breaking down barriers, connecting generations, teaching integrity, blazing a trail, sparking our economy. That's why Meyer sponsors hundreds of local sports teams throughout the Midwest. From Little League to the Big Leagues, uniforms to stadiums, Meyer knows when we support the home team, we all win. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. The 1-2. Right side, there it is! 
Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. The Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. At Mercantile Bank, we believe in empowering the communities we serve and that financially strong individuals and families are vital for building strong communities. That's why we're committed to providing budgeting tools and interactive resources designed to help you take charge of your finances. Our friendly staff is always here to help answer questions and provide solutions to help you reach your goals. Call, stop in, or visit us online at MercBank.com to learn more. And let's help you make today count. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. you can be part of the best hockey rivalry in the state of Michigan as round one of the OHL playoffs between the Saginaw Spirit and the Flint Firebirds happens inside the Dow Event Center in Saginaw. Get your tickets while they last at SaginawSpirit.com or at the Dow Event Center box office. Games three and four take place in Flint on Monday and Wednesday. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge show all across the state of Michigan. Give us a call. Mercantile Bank listener line 1-866-838-HUGE. 1-866-838-4843. Been talking Whitecaps. Been talking Tigers as we preview everything that's been the start of Major League Baseball season and to come the start of Minor League Baseball season, which is one week away. I'm Dan Hasty. Nate Wangler is sitting in with me today as well, as is our producer, Superfly Hayes. And we have to quickly find a way to run down exactly who's going to be, in our opinion, at which levels of the Tigers minor league system. We promised we would do this. So we can jump in. We got a little time before we get in. I, I, I think it's going to look like this, Nate, because in, in, I'm just going to rattle off some names of where I think guys will be, and you can tell me where we can unpack this and, and who may or may not be going to these spots. Toledo this year should be interesting. They'll have a lot of these guys that made an impression in spring training. I think Parker Meadows will be there. I think he's probably the most exciting player that we'll see in Toledo, but Reese Olson or Thurman Merman, as we called him, he'll be there as well. Uh, Andre Lipsius will be there. He had a really nice spring training. I think Quentzel Perez, Parker Meadows, Reese Olson, Andre Lipsius for Toledo for Erie. I think Colt Keith will be there. I know he had a season cut short last year, but I think Colt Keith will end up playing for Erie this year. I think Wilmer Flores could very well be in Erie, if not Toledo. 
and Josh Crouch, who was one of the heart and soul players in West Michigan last year, got a bump up to Erie at the very tail end of last year. I'm pretty sure he'll be their opening day catcher. Any thoughts on those two groups of names? No, I I, I like um, everybody that you put into that group. I, I think Josh Crouch should start out at the double A level. I, I I appreciated not only you know his ability to hit the ball, which obviously he showed, but his ability to call a game. And you talk to any one of those pitchers from last year's team, they would tell you that they loved working with him because of his IQ and his ability to, again, sequence and, and really put them in good position. So I expect to see him in double A to begin the year. Meanwhile, class A advanced. That's the West Michigan level. That's the one you and I will be watching very closely this summer. Jackson Job would have likely been at the high A level, but he's out for the next four to six months. So I don't think we'll see Jackson Job if for any other reason, maybe the end of the year, kind of like what we saw this season, or rather last season for Jackson Job. I think Jace Young, who is the next highest prospect, number two on the overall list, he'll be in West Michigan. I think Peyton Graham who was a second round pick last year could be with the Whitecaps as is Christian Santana, a talented shortstop. I think Isaac Pacheco will also be there. And then I think otherwise you'll have a lot of the younger guys playing at the Lakeland level. Quick thoughts on that before we have to take a timeout. Roberto Campos might start at Lakeland, but I really hope that he transfers up the ladder pretty soon because with how much money they spent in international free agency in 2019, he needs to produce and produce now. We've got a packed hour number two. We are doing a deep dive on the Detroit Lions going through their offseason, going through the NFL draft. We've got mock drafts coming up here on Thursday. It's this edition of The Huge Show. Big. Bad. Huge.